is Brian Bolio, CEO and Chief Economist for ITR Economics. These are the questions we didn't get to for the uh, Morsco presentation. It was a really good presentation, good time. Um, I'm glad there are so many questions. That's why I think it was a good presentation. So let's go through um, what you're wondering about. First question is, what do you believe is driving the nationalism? No, I think it's, uh, uh, it started with raising the tariffs in 2018, uh, but that was really the culmination of um, this political thinking that uh, trade deficits are inherently bad and that we were continuously losing jobs to uh, other economies. Um, Neither of those assumptions is true from an economic standpoint. Uh, there's good and bad associated there. Um, so it's, it's not that simple, but I think that really put a point on that nationalism and it caused other countries to reciprocate with tariffs. And then with this COVID uh, issue and the supply chain disruptions, I think it's just feeding into that. Uh, we've got to control what we can control. And that means bringing it back to North America. We have a webinar coming up in October where we're going to address that very topic about onshoring and supply chains. Um, so watch your emails. There'll be an announcement about that. But the trend is real. And um, it's likely going to continue. Once these things start, historically, uh, it gains momentum like a flywheel and it just keeps on going for a while. Next question, is a recent dip in the blue line a consequence of reduction in unemployment benefits? So the blue line must be the uh, disposable personal income. Um, yes, it is likely a consequence of uh, the reduction in unemployment benefits. Um, and the initial bump down that you saw was that the $1,200 checks were a one-off. We'll see those disposable personal income numbers rise again if when uh, there's another $1,200 spiff coming everybody's way. And if they decide to uh, add to the unemployment comp, probably not as large as what we saw last time because there are more people back at work, so they're not gonna benefit from the uh, added payout uh, on the weekly unemployment comp. What were the three timelines I mentioned in the beginning? Um, likely, uh, and I'm not sure exactly because I don't listen that closely, but uh, no, I was thinking probably the next two to three quarters, um, navigating through that is very, very important. And then the next three years, uh, we're going to see more changes, uh, probably more upside than most people are expecting for 2021. Um, in 2022 and 23, there's likely to be some turbulence out there. But then looking beyond that, and this came out um, in a couple of our charts, um, we think this whole decade is going to be one with more upside than downside uh, associated with it. Uh, in the right markets, uh, obviously it matters which markets that you're servicing. Um, so those were the three timelines, the next three quarters, the next three years, and really the next nine years is what it boils down to. 
Our fourth question is, are you expecting any infrastructure stimulus? Yeah, I think there will be. Um, goodness knows how we're going to pay for it, but that doesn't seem to be an issue for anybody in Washington. So I think we will see uh, an infrastructure stimulus bill. I think the way it looks um, is going to be a function of who still is running the show in Washington in 2021, but I expect we'll see some additional uh, stimulus. I know in the Biden plan, um, there's like um, $1.2 trillion he's already announced or set aside for infrastructure spending. So I imagine President Trump and company, um, because he's talked about it a long time, would also be inclined to go down that path. Why do the indicators predict a rise in residential building and not commercial, uh, light commercial building? Um, which is the next question. Really, that's the, that's the timeline. Residential is a leading economic indicator. Commercial is a lagging economic indicator. Um, so it's normal to see the timeline be quicker between the leading indicators and residential turning around. And then ultimately it works its way through the economy and you see the uh, commercial building subsequent rising trend. Uh, it isn't always that way. But that's the typical way that it works out. And that's what we're seeing right now when we look at um, the, the indicators, um, what they're telling us. We don't see any reason to think that it's gonna be an abnormally short timeline between the leading indicators and the commercial construction trend. From a sourcing perspective, with the global trends toward nationalism, what mid long-term trends are you seeing from import percentage versus GDP? That's a great question. I don't have an answer at this time. Um, that's one of the ones that we are going to strive to answer in that October uh, webinar that I mentioned previously. What's Brian's outlook for home improvement remodeling? Uh, the outlook is good. It's funny, the data has become hard to find. Reliable data has become hard to find in this space. But when you look at the disposable personal income numbers, when you look at how more people are staying home. When you look at the scarcity of homes available to buy, that means we tend to focus more on our own properties, fix them up, make them work for us. Um, and the demographics bode well. You saw the housing numbers uh, for uh, building permits. Um, home improvement generally will tag along with that also slightly different near-term business cycles, but the general trend will be that. So we have a positive outlook, a good outlook. Um, GDP has been a measure of prosperity for as long as I can remember. Kate Rayworth has a different viewpoint of GDP. If you are familiar with their work, what is your point of view? I'm not sure, uh, I don't know her work, so I can't comment on that. Um, there are all sorts of ways to measure prosperity. GDP is certainly a way, it's not the only way. Uh, we also like to look at income per capita within an economy. We like to look at uh, education levels uh, within an economy. Those are all different ways of measuring prosperity. Prosperity also speaks to standard of living. Um, and you can get a little bit of that when you just start looking at GDP on a per capita basis. Um, but if it, it really boils down to slicing it down into how 
the per capita numbers are trending rather than just the gross GDP. And I apologize for not knowing Kate Ray Ward's uh, work. Next question. Are we seeing indicators that modern monetary theory is beginning to take hold and that government debt, as long as it is steady, doesn't really matter? Uh, two questions there. First one is, yeah, we're seeing indicators that uh, modern monetary theory is beginning to take hold. We see um, more and more questions arising, at least directed toward ITR about this very topic, uh, before we even mentioned it. Um, and you see the, the politicians more and more inclined to think they have a moral obligation or they're ethically bound to borrow and spend in order to make uh, life better for everybody. That's part and parcel with modern monetary theory. Um, and that government debt, as long as it is steady, doesn't really matter. I'm not sure what you mean by steady, whether it's steady as a dollar amount, that would be amazing because then it would decline as a percentage of GDP. Um, there's no instance in history where debt doesn't matter in the long run. It doesn't matter when interest rates are very low, which is what we've been enjoying for the last 20 years. It doesn't matter as long as the people who are lending us the money have uh, every confidence that we're going to pay back that money. And it doesn't matter as long as nationalism doesn't get in the way and they don't see why they should be propping up the American way of life. Um, so there are clearly threats, um, but it's not one of those that is imminent. In our view, the threat from the debt is one for the second half of this decade. It's not one for the next three years. The S&P 500 PE ratio is at its highest point since 2009. Is that a sustainable permanent condition with Fed balance sheet or is the market headed for a downturn? The market's headed for a downturn. Uh, this is not sustainable, never has been. The, the cyclically adjusted PE ratio is indicative of a market correction. So now that we get that squared away, the next question becomes when? I mean, that's what I don't know, nobody really knows. Uh, with all the money that's been created, all that fiat currency worldwide, these overinflated values can be supported for quite some time. Um, remember, there's where else are you going to go with your money? Until people figure out where else they want to go with their money, there's, there's just this bubble underneath home, uh, real estate prices. Um, real est uh, the stock market, just like there was real estate pricing in 2006, 2007. Remember how long that bubble lasted and people kept saying, well, it can't go on forever, it can't go on forever. And when it stopped going on, it came down hard, came down fast. Um, maybe like that with stock market. Can't time this bubble. Just trying to keep our finger on the pulse. The market is having a very bad day today. This is uh, September 21st, and the market was down about 800 points to Dow. Um, Percentage-wise, it wasn't quite 3% last time I looked. Because of the fiat currency, because where we think GDP is going, we see it as more of a buying opportunity than a panic opportunity. And our last question is, do we expect businesses to bring back employees to corporate offices or will there be a continued shift working remote? And how will that impact commercial spending? We are seeing an acceleration in the remote workforce trend that was in place before COVID-19. That was already happening. Um, the millennials were asking it, and, 
the more digital our workplace became, the more we were able to do that. I think you're going to see an acceleration of that trend continue. And I think it means that office space in particular, if that's what you mean by commercial spending uh, for office equipment, for you name it in the office environment is going to be taking a prolonged hit um, until there's some normalization out there, but that's years away. Um, so if that's the commercial spending you mean in terms of the office space, it's going to be depend on the geographic market to a very large extent, but the overall macroeconomic trend in that space is going to be one of um, less need, uh, smaller footprints uh, will likely be the trend going forward. That is our last question. Thank you very much for joining me today and for joining ITR. Uh, to supply you with these answers and for tuning into the uh, webinar. On behalf of the outstanding men and women of ITR Economics, all 53 of us, um, thank you. Thank you for um, trusting us. And hope you have a great day.